0: You are tuned in to another edition of Americana Music Profiles, brought to you by Americana Rhythm Music Magazine and AmericanaMusicMagazine.com. I'm your host, Greg Tuttweiler. Let's jump right in to the next exciting interview. Alan Bybee has been entertaining audiences professionally with his mandolin chops since the early 1980s. He was an original member of the early pioneering groups like The New Quicksilver, Third Time Out, and Blue Ridge. He started the band Grasstown with friends Steve Gully and Phil Ledbetter and has been fronting that band for the past eight years. Alan is my guest on this edition of Americana Music Profiles. Hi, Alan. Welcome to the podcast this afternoon.
1: Hey, buddy. Gr- uh, glad to be
0: with you. Yeah, appreciate it. So give me a little bit of a background. You, you've been at this uh, for a while, uh, this bluegrass thing, right?
1: Yeah, just a bit. Uh, I I grew up around it, you know. My dad played, and uh, he, he played just regionally and and around home back when I, where I grew up in North Carolina. They had a lot of back then. There was almost almost every weekend there was a what they called Filters convention. Uh-huh. There were contests that judged bands and your in, individual instrument. Out of those bands, you usually got two or three songs, and they they had those every weekend. So I, I'm sure I was going to those when I was in the womb. I'm sure yeah. and uh, <laughs> And I continued to, and then I started playing at five. and
0: Wow. And
1: then I, play. I still regional, kind of regionally, and I played with some bands that started getting out a little bit when I was 13, 12 or 13. We recorded an album or two, and then I started playing. the. I was a big Boom Creek fan, uh, and uh, when they broke up, Wes moved back down around Winston-Salem, North Carolina, and I started playing with him when I was uh, 16, I guess. Okay. And then while I was playing with I uh, same with him, we started playing out a little bit further too, we played in rolling up with Virginia he obviously already knew Terry Malcolm and Jimmy Haley and all those guys and yeah. i I'm, I'm from the same-, same county as jim Jimmy Haley and so they came out and seen us and at the end of the show they cover talked to me and said it looked like you know they were going to part ways with Doyle Lawson, so they asked me what i be interested in the job and i was like you know i was like 18 years old sure. or something at the time, or something and i was like oh, well yeah maybe so uh i got together with them and that ended up that's how i really started my first really getting out you know all over the country and, and all over the world really kind of gig was 80, that was 85 i started playing with those guys it was the duplex silver
0: okay, and, uh, okay.
1: That, that lasted two or three years we recorded albums together and um uh, then uh ironically the guy that met with dole or russell moore and those again and, and uh, some of those guys and that played in the band so their connection and a couple years later as new quicksilver broke up those guys called me and said they were going to leave dole and want to know if i'd be interested in a down with him so i did with russell we started the band third time out right, together yeah. in 1990 and i was there about four years or so and then uh recorded and come down south moved to South Carolina from North Carolina and played in, in a variety show as uh kind of Branson type shows for a couple of years I was kind of the utility guy uh-huh. down here and uh then I got back into we actually got the new quicksilver band back together but as as the under the name blue Ridge
0: okay right
1: and that's how that band started and it morphed into me and junior cisk and some other guys and then about 11 or 12 years ago I started Grass Town with uh, Steve Gulley and Phil Ledbetter and it's morphed into Alan Bobby and Grasstown into what it is today so, yeah, okay. yeah
0: I've
1: been at it a, I've, I've been at it a while
0: <laughs> has it pretty much been a, a a full-time thing for you in some capacity one way or the other in music
1: yeah ever since I was uh there was just maybe just in between other than right uh, maybe a year or so right in between New Quicksilver and third time out. I was doing a few other things, but other than that, it's been only only music since I was just, uh, you know, forever.
0: <laughs> Are do you do you write uh, songs as well?
1: Yeah, yeah, I write quite a bit on our last bluegrass album. I guess I I wrote probably a little over half of the, on the Grass Town Four, and uh, I also growing up in in music, I was. Uh, in Northern North Carolina where I was at, I, I was dating a, a young lady when I was 16 and she, she said, uh, her brother-in-law played a little bit, played gospel music and stuff. And, uh, and she told him I played mandolin. so he came in one day and it was, it was Ronnie Bowman.
0: Oh really? Okay. And,
1: yeah. He, and he never played bluegrass or really heard much bluegrass. So I got wow. him into bluegrass I got him in started. He tells me all the time. I got him into this. <laughs>
0: and,
1: uh, so we got we got to be big buddies, and so we uh he's a great writer, as you know, so sure, I, yeah a lot of times i'll take I'll take a lot of ideas I got or something I got close to i think close to finished writing or something I'll take up and hang out with him a couple of days and we'll finish a few things so that's what we did on this last album he helped me co write Okay. Uh, probably five or six tunes, so i try try to write as much as I can
0: How have you seen um Kind of being there from the 80s forward, how, how have you seen the music and the music scene change?
1: Well, it's uh, there's definitely been a lot of changes, uh, and gosh, it's good to see so many people, You know, there's a lot of people, there's just a I know there's a there's a ton more bands now than there used to be. Yeah, there is. <laughs> I don't know <laughs> for sure. Back, back then, you know, anybody that I heard come on the radio me and my dad were always doing but just so much bluegrass you could hear on the radio back then mm-hmm. you know, especially in north carolina we had one i think on saturday night you had an hour or two hours and then there was a, a show in king that was on saturday during the day so usually i was helping him wash a car and we'd listen to an hour or two during the day and you you know you automatically and you everybody that come on the radio because you knew all the bands yeah so well yeah you know but yeah. now there's so many bands that i don't I don't recognize them as much anymore. Some other people might recognize them more, but it's, I think it's a it's a good thing in a way. But it's just changed the whole the whole uh, scope of things as far as bookings and everything else. Sure. It's just a different world yeah. than it used to be. But you know, everything everything evolves one way or the other and changes. That's 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 one thing you know is going to happen. Things are going to change.
0: Do you think it's made it easier for the younger bands to get involved, or or is there more competition for the for the limited number of of playing dates?
1: Uh, maybe both. I know there's definitely more competition for the playing dates, and I don't know that. I don't know. It's just, uh, but I think maybe it is for easier for kids to get involved too. Because I mean, looking back on it, I don't know. You know that. Even though I think I was a, a pretty good player back then, I you know
0: mm-hmm.
1: I saw I, I I was play. I played eight or ten hours a day back when I was a teenager. You know, and, yeah.
0: Um,
1: I it been it probably would've been hard to get that get the name that I got even back then, unless I'd have got you know what have gotten with the band that I did, the new Quicksilver, which was you know them and Dole were the hottest band going back sure, then. Sure, yeah. You know, still still one of the top bands. But so I, it it may be a little harder for the you know to break. I think it's definitely hard to break through your own style now as much as, because there's so many people. Probably. Right,
0: right, yeah, I, I think that's... that's... So I can see
1: where that's, in a way, I'm glad I came along when I did, you know. Yeah. I read a, I seen a t-shirt the other day, somebody said, yeah, I'm old, but I got to see all the cool bands. <laughs> <laughs> that's true, that's true, yeah. I thought, that is cool, I got to hang out with Bill Monroe a lot, so that's, 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 uh, that's one good thing about being older.
0: I, I would think, and this probably crosses all, all genres of music, but it's, it's harder to find um, young pioneers. It, it seems like whether it's bluegrass or rock or country or some other style of music, a lot of the a lot of the pioneering happened in the '70s and '80s, and maybe the early '90s. But there's not a lot of there's not a lot of pioneering left in some of the traditional styles of music. It doesn't feel like.
1: I feel, I feel the same way, kind of, yeah. I, I see exactly what you're saying. I, I don't feel it like you hear something just just striking you that's totally new. That's right, really, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah, I know what you mean.
0: Um, I, I think I read in the notes somewhere where you actually, uh, Gibson, um, created a signature style mandolin, is that correct?
1: Hey, yeah, they did, and uh, it was actually in 2004 uh, they approached me about, doing the uh, uh, Allen Bobby Signature Series, and they did that on a few different artists. It was, uh, I think it was Ricky Skaggs and Doyle Lawson and Sam Bush and Adam Steffi and uh, Wayne Benson and me were yeah. the only ones that they did the artist models on, and that's, that was really cool for me, because growing up, back when I did, Gibson was, you know, like the name. Sure, yeah. Back, back then especially, you know, there's a lot of great luthiers now, but. Back then my grandpa and my dad you know they thought if it was Gibson you know that was it So that right. that was that was, just, that was pretty cool to get that kind of thing happen yeah, to me
0: yeah yeah that's cool and and uh you know it, of course it's it's uh you've been recognized uh, throughout the years for for your contribution and playing style and um is that when when you started uh 13, 14, 15, 16 in that, you know, did, did you have any sort of, uh, idea or designs or thoughts that, that you'd be able to be where you are today and still playing mandolin full time?
1: Man, that's a great question. I know, uh, you know, when I first started playing, I, I was looking out, I had my dad that, that played mandolin and then he had taught my cousin who was about four or five years older than me to play. And, um, and there was no instruction really back then, you know, but, right. um, my cousin was, he's kind of like me. I'm a little bit, probably OCD, a little bit of a perfectionist kind of thing, too. So, you know, we did a lot of stuff together. And he was, he really helped me with some technique stuff because he was out playing kind of, you know, regionally with a band called Boot Hill that wrote, uh, the lady in Boot Hill was Louisa Branscomb, who wrote um, Steel Rails that Allison did. You okay. Know?
0: Uh-huh. So they yeah.
1: they were the first ones to cut that. And my cousin Gary was a great manly player, especially from back in that day, in that time. And uh, so he helped me a lot with technique, and I re- I told him we still talk regularly. And uh, I told him the other day I remember him telling me one time that when I was I must have been really young, maybe eight, you know, and um, we went to see uh, Marty Stewart was playing with Lester Flat, and uh, all three of us were sitting around playing manlins. and I was like eight, you
0: know. And mm-hmm.
1: Remember right that, that we left that night? And Gary said, you know, he said i want to be the best mandolin player in the world, and I, I told him I said I remember just like a couple years after that thinking exact same thing uh-huh. i thought no i'm gonna be I'm gonna, you know yeah yeah i want to be this melon player in the world. so i always had that thought of it but i don't i don't think i ever related it to uh to play it for a living or anything at that point yeah. i just wanted to be you know i just had that drive to want to be to be the best but um you know and that's all relative of course but
0: sure sure uh, but yeah. it's uh
1: it was a, it was a drive that i had and i and obviously i love love for it so it's uh it's about all i know how to do i think at this
0: point can you recall at any point uh in more recent years where maybe you thought uh or connected that thought that i'm gonna be the best in the world to you know what i'm i'm getting getting pretty close there you know was there ever this revelation of i, I did it kind of thing
1: uh I, I think so just you know i, I just i i'm i am i I'm, I'm totally trying not to stay away from the ego kind of thing but sure, i sure. Well, back when back when I was starting to playing those Steelers conventions back in the day, there was a guy named Rick Allred that was a great man and player and he he went on to play with the Country gentleman right after dole mm-hmm. ironically mm-hmm. and he was back in he was just tearing up all the contests i mean he was he was a kind of jazzy kind of mm-hmm. really kind of swingy kind of bluegrass player and I just loved I was very attracted to that style. And um, I always really looked up to him. And then I remember after I went to the third time out and started playing, I'd been there a couple of years and we were getting some recognition and everything. And I saw a guy that played with Kent, played with uh, guy Kent Dow that also played with with uh, with Rick and the Country Gentleman, the banjo player. And he he taught, he said uh, he got to talking about playing. He said uh, he said he said man, Rick's Rick says you're the best.
0: Wow, yeah. that's cool. And
1: I thought when he said that, I thought, man, how cool is that? Because yeah. I thought he was the best for so long. For him to say that means more, you know, somebody like that to say that. Yeah, yeah, that's meant more awesome. to me than, than than a lot of different things. So it's yeah. a, a cool moments like that.
0: Yeah, that's cool. That's cool. And and you have a a recording studio now, right, in South Carolina?
1: I do. I do. Yeah, sure do. Right behind my house here, and we I do a lot of. A lot of our recording, or most of our recording, really here, and I've I'd i I'd recorded a lot of people's other projects and and stuff. So it's nice to have something close to the house after having to travel. Without I've, I've been doing that for a long time, like you say, and so I just have to travel all over the place just to play on on a project. You know, but now I can just go to the back back house here. So,
0: <laughs> are you actually working with uh, recording, uh, doing sessions for other bands for for other uh, folks in the industry also? Or is this mainly for yeah, for you yeah. and your band?
1: Uh, no, I've been doing it for uh, other folks and other projects probably for about the last twenty years, probably.
0: Right. Okay. That's awesome. Yeah. 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 Um, new album is uh, Grass Town Four. Is that right?
1: That's our latest bluegrass album, but we're almost finished with a uh, all gospel album now.
0: Oh, good. Okay, and and that'll and be out our, about when.
1: Uh, it should be out hopefully in december and our first single's already been released and we're really excited about it we've uh it's been uh number one three out of the last four weeks on the bluegrass today chart that goes by how many times it's been play airplay and, yeah
0: uh, right right yeah
1: and, and then we just did a video on it also so it's it's got a lot of recognition for us and we're looking forward to getting the the album out and we have actually already got material together to get a bluegrass album out right behind that too, so okay. we're gonna be pretty busy. Yeah, it sounds yeah. like
0: it. What's the uh what's the name of the gospel record?
1: We haven't even named it yet. Really? Okay. <laughs> no, uh, no. We got all the we got all the tracks now but we haven't named the project as a whole yet. But the uh song Gone to Rise and Shine is our, our single that you can buy on iTunes now, so
0: that seems to kind of be the the moving trend is release a couple singles which of course you know happened when kind of rock and roll was coming around in the, in the 50s and 60s you release a single and if people like it then you go back and cut an album but it seems like we're kind of getting back to that. I
1: think a lot of people are doing that I and mean, I I ain't really done it on purpose but our last album the Grass Town 4 album it was in the middle of you know personnel changes what happens Always in, in, in music, uh, but uh, so we didn't do it on purpose. But we've been playing a lot of shows with my buddy Ronnie Bowman that I'm still, you know, still good buddies with. I uh-huh. thought that I write with, and he's been doing had some shows that he came and played with us. So uh, we did, we released a single off the Grass Town 4 album called This Old Guitar and Me, and Ronnie was singing lead on it. So we released it, and then the delay of the album caused us to release a couple more singles before the album came out. and I don't know if that's just a coincidence, but <laughs> every, every, all those went number one and then all, then every song on the album charted. So, and I notice now that people are releasing singles
0: on purpose. Right. So, yeah. Well, maybe you started the got, trend.
1: <laughs> well, maybe so accidentally, but I think, I think it kind of makes sense. Really. That's what all the other, music you know, genres do really. That's sure. you, you got something, a song that you're pushing instead of you have your own songs fighting against each other. Right? But, um, yeah.
0: No, that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what what does a tour schedule look like for you and the band? Are you out pretty regularly, or how do you manage that with the with the different records and the different styles? A little bit with the gospel and the straight up bluegrass.
1: It's been uh, this year has been probably the busiest year we've had in four or five years. It's been just extremely. I think this last weekend was the first weekend I was, I've been home in like four or five months. Wow. So it's been just extremely busy, but it's you know it'll it'll start. He's an awesome in the wintertime here, but uh, it's been really good for us, and we just signed with the Andrea Roberts booking agency also too. So uh, we're looking to to do more, do more gigs and uh and, and hopefully get into some venues that we haven't haven't played in lately anyway. So uh, it's been it's just been we've been really blessed to have a, to get all the shows we do because like I said, there being so many bands now, I know a lot of bands not getting all the work that they they want so sure, uh, we're yeah. lucky to lucky to get that kind of work yeah. and i i also do a lot of i've been doing for 20 years i've been i've always had a little bit of a, a passion for teaching and i've been doing teaching it a lot of different mandolin camps and music camps oh, great. over the last yeah. last 20 years and about three years ago i started my own down here at uh in ocean at ocean lakes campground where i live in surfside beach they have a a bluegrass festival there and I got the idea from playing in Grass Valley, California. They have a a, a workshop kind of all week uh-huh. thing that leads into their festival. And I thought, man, I've got the same. I didn't want to do this for a while. I've got the same thing going on here. So I just I started my thing. It's a three-day mandolin camp. And uh, we ha- we started do the three days, the Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. And then the Friday night, the the festival starts. And so I'm going through Saturday, too. Oh, so great. it's just okay. really yeah, worked out really good. We had we had forty five Manlin players
0: wow. this year. So that's cool. It's
1: that's really cool. it's really grown and done well. So I'm pretty excited about that.
0: And and what is that called? How how can people find out about that or or sign up for that? It's, if they...
1: it, it's, it's called Allen Bobby Manland Camp.
0: Okay, good. Right. Yeah, cool. it's
1: in he right here Surfside. I think you find it on on my website AllenBobby.com dot com or grasstown dot com or OceanLakes.com, dot com too. So.
0: And that's where they can also um, get copies of the of your your CDs, past and present, and and find the new singles there too. Yes. Good. Sure. All right. Great. Well, thanks, Alan. I appreciate it. Good talking to you and yep. getting to yes, know I more about it. your music. Yeah. Thanks again for tuning in to this episode of Americana Music Profiles. Find us on iTunes at Americana Music Profiles and on the internet at AmericanaRhythm.com.
2: fantasy points